Now after the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to that time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled, because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I would like to tell you the story of two babes today. The story of one is a very real account of a famous but a very normal life. And the story of the other is completely surreal. A once in a universe account of a human being doing more for you than any other human being could. I think of this because apparently about a hundred years ago, to the day almost, December 26, 1919, one of the most famous trades in sports history took place. Uh, The Boston Red Sox were looking to unload their star pitcher, Babe Ruth, and uh, he ended up, of course, going to the New York Yankees. The owner of the Red Sox was lampooned for such a decision. You probably know that brought a fake, not real curse upon the Red Sox which they vanquished in 2003, I think, and then they beat their Astros again last year. Anyway, uh, the truth is that Babe Ruth was actually trying to get out of Boston. He was one of the first uh, athletes, it's pretty common now, to sort of force his way out of a, a place he didn't want to be. You could say that Babe Ruth was a good man, but a bad boy. He was one of the original spoiled, entitled athletes who had no idea what to do with all of his money. He wrecked cars, was found drunk on the streets, threatened holdouts, and constantly demanded to be paid more money. He was not exactly a role model to children, and he knew that he could get away with it, just as athletes get away with it today, because he was really good at throwing and hitting a baseball. Must be nice. Then again, perhaps his indiscretions can be forgiven. He really did not know his parents. They had eight children, but only two of which survived past infancy. 
And his father ran a saloon. Now, running a saloon is more than a full-time job, so apparently this saloon, which is, by the way, it was located where center field of Camden Yards is today. Camden Yards is where the Orioles play baseball. Anyway, but his father was in the saloon all the time, and so guess what? Babe Ruth spent a lot of his childhood in a saloon. So he came by his criminality and chicanery and uh, propensity to drink quite naturally. His salvation was being sent to a school, kind of an, an orphanage, where a Catholic priest took an interest in him and developed his baseball skills, taught him how to throw and hit and such, bunt even. Uh, and he also taught him the fundamentals of prayer and obedience and repentance, disciplines that Babe Ruth would return to later in life. While the Roman Catholic system of confession and absolution leaves a lot for Lutherans to desire, he did at least return to his childhood faith before his death, and he seemed truly repentant of the wild life that he lived. Jesus, as you know, was also born into less than ideal circumstances, From the moment he was born, his life was in danger, of course, from Herod, most of all, trying to kill him, being threatened by his future reign. His parents modeled a life of obedience and service as they listened to the angel, and they took their son into Egypt for safe hiding. And everything we know about Jesus was that he was sort of the opposite of, say, a Babe Ruth, right? He Uh, He was not selfish or given to drink or a thief or manipulative. Rather, he lived his life as a servant to both God and neighbor, completely fulfilling the law of love. The Bible doesn't really tell us much about Jesus' childhood. There's only a few stories. One we heard at Christmas is his birth story, of course, and then this story of his flight into Egypt in return. There's also the story uh, when he's about 12 of his staying behind in the temple, teaching the rabbis a thing or two. But what we do know is that he sought to please both his father in heaven and his own parents in everything that he did. And recall that when we speak then about the sacrifice of Jesus, right, his perfect death on the cross, a perfect death made possible because of the perfect life that he lived from the moment he was born until the day that he died. Well, his perfect sacrifice then was accomplished because Jesus was sinless. That means that he, throughout his entire life, was obedient to God in all things. So his death was salvific for you because of how he behaved as a child. We don't often think about that because, again, there aren't many stories of Jesus as a child. Unlike the rebellious teenagers or the spoiled brats or the insolent preteens or even the terrible twos that we all were, Jesus did not fall into temptation even as a child. He did not covet what other people had. 
He did not refuse his parents' requests. He probably even cleaned his room and made good grades in school. Think about your old, your own childhood, rather. It's sort of old hat, right, for any parent to pray to God that their own children will not make the same dumb mistakes that they made when they were a child, right? I'm sure that we can all think of really dumb or wrong things that we did as children and as teenagers, things we hope our children will avoid, times that we were mean to a classmate, times we lost our temper, times we disobeyed our parents, times we gave up on our faith in Christ, times that lust controlled us, times that we wanted to have the other things or the other life that people had. As I said, Babe Ruth's life was famous, but it was very normal. There's a lot of us in such a life lived, right? I mean that he had the same temptations, and he committed the same kinds of sins, and he rebelled in the same kinds of ways that we all do. And in all of these temptations and sins, we are utterly different from our Lord Jesus Christ. Even the child, Jesus. Even the baby, Jesus. It was Jesus' obedience that allowed a man like Babe Ruth, who coveted and drank and womanized his way through life, forgiveness. And it was those disciplines that he was taught as a child that were what he clung to in his life as it came to an end. And likewise, it is Jesus' obedience that we will also depend on as we go through our own lives sinning as well. Now, one of my fears is that because of the precipitous decline of church attendance, children today are not given the tools to return to God after the time that they will inevitably spend in open rebellion. At least Babe Ruth, he he had the rudimentary disciplines of confession and prayer and repentance tools that he didn't always have the strength to apply, but he at least could pull out of the bullpen at the end of the game. Children today, if not given any consistent disciplines of and, and habits of prayer and confession and accountability, could end up lost souls, and they may just sort of assume ultimate meaninglessness as the norm. So today I just want to highlight two things. The first is that we are all sinners, even from childhood. Even if we are mature adults now, mature Christians now, who have conquered many of our temptations with the help of the Holy Spirit, our childhoods remain full of very dumb and very wrong choices. The second is that Jesus was a great kid, a great child, a good child, perfectly obedient even. And the story of his death and resurrection includes all of his obedience, even as a child. And that is good news for you. So when you die, 
And after Jesus has come again, and we're all in heaven in a cornfield like those in Iowa, and we're playing baseball with Babe Ruth, thank Jesus for his obedient childhood. So even sinners like us and Babe Ruth can know the joy of an eternal life of peace. Amen.